because we have no other option. Jesus is our only option. And if we have declared for him, we must hold him tight. There's a battle involved in sticking to Jesus. Paul talks about fighting the good fight of faith. You can't be a faith person without a fight. You can't be a bona fide disciple of Jesus without a fight. So just know it. As, as a flow of Jesus, there is a fight you must be involved with. Any Christian who dreams and says that the Christian life does not require a fight has not even started. It's not a physical fight, it's a spiritual fight. The fight has to do with your spirit man holding on to what God has given to you. Why is that the fight? Because the Bible says in Revelation chapter 12, Woe to the inhabitants of the earth, because the devil has come down with great anger, knowing that his time is very short. He fought in heaven, and you think you will not fight on it. He contested positions and riches in heaven. You think you will not contest those things on earth? That's why Job says, man's life on earth is a military service. Your life on earth is a military service. So don't forget that, because part of, the world, part of what the enemy wants to do is to make you feel that life should not be a battle, so that you relax while he's every day waging war. Your life is a military service. Okay. Your life is a military service. So you must fight. In this region of life, you must fight. And it's good that we just refresh our minds again, because in the past we've dealt with certain things that have given us some kind of uh, preview of you know, things in the spirit. The Bible says, Isaiah 60, from verse 1, it says, Arise and shine. Arise and what? And shine, for your light has come. Hmm? For your light, for your light. Light has come. Not that it's coming, it has come already. Then in verse 2, it now says, for darkness. Does what? Eh? The what? The darkness covers what? Are you sure? Mm-hmm. And then what? Thick darkness. The what? The peoples. And anytime the word darkness is used, it's talking about the reign of Satan. The reign of Satan. He is called the prince of darkness. So these are the things that you must come to terms with. You must know this. Okay? So he if the earth, if this is the earth, okay, there's a cushion of darkness that covers the earth. 
You must know this. So that in your interaction with the world, in your prayer closet, in your relationship with God, you have things in perspective. My people perish for what? For lack of knowledge. So this is darkness that covers the earth. A cushion of darkness. It's a negative energy. Okay? Then he now says, take darkness in the peoples. Okay, we're all human beings all here. So there is darkness connecting as many who don't have the light of God. So every human being you see that has no light of God, he's automatically connected to what? Chica darkness. So the reign of Satan is even more stronger in their hearts than even in the darkness that wraps up the earth. So this darkness, the darkness outside, is the darkness that controls circumstances and situations. Okay? Situations, circumstances. So the, the darkness that covers the earth, the energy that controls circumstances, situations, causes limitations, frustration, okay? That engineers the physical things you see, destruction, violence, okay? It is the outer darkness that covers the earth that operates on that. Then the darkness within the people are the darkness that originates sin, rebellion, okay? Violence, the culture of death, the culture of destruction, decadence in different facets of life, okay? So it is this darkness that originates that. This darkness was responsible for Cain to kill his brother. This darkness is the one that originates all forms of corruption and perversion. This darkness resides in the souls of men. Okay? So this darkness in men. So whenever you see yourself you know, not yielding to God means the darkness within is above. And the beauty about it is that if you conquer the darkness within, you have also fully want to conquer the darkness without. That's the beauty of it. When I studied this many years ago, you know what? This people were teaching me saying the battle within. The battle within. Now look at what Jesus says in John chapter 1. Right? You receive a life. 
light than those who walk in light. He continues, verse 5. He says, The light shines in the darkness. Hmm? When you receive the life of Jesus by believing in him, by confessing him as the Lord, your Lord and your Savior, and you yield your life unto him, you receive his own life and his things. You give me your own life, and then you receive his own life. It's the next thing that takes place. That is why his righteousness is our righteousness. His victory is our victory. His joy is our joy. We don't go heads with him. Okay? When we did that, that life we only receive is a light. And he says, the light we have received, which is the light, is what? Is the light that shines where? In the darkness. And he says, darkness has not overcome it. I want to explain this to us so that we can really grasp this. It's a very tiny rope that once we get it right, Every other thing will begin to fall in place. But once you miss it, you are like someone who wants to sew a clothes and you are struggling to put the thread through the eye of the needle. You don't get it. And as long as you don't get it, if you pass the needle to your clothes, sorry, the thread will not go. But once you get this and your thread catches it and you pass it, the rope will follow you everywhere and everything will begin to take shape. Truly, that life is a light. It's not just a lifestyle. It's a life itself. It's that another kind of life. You have received it. So this darkness will choke your mind. This darkness will choke your consciousness. To extract out of you the consciousness of the light that received when you confess Jesus. When you are baptized, that light came into you. But this light, this darkness here, is an energy. Just as that energy contended in heaven, that energy is still contending on earth. They don't choke that consciousness out of you. You have it, but you are no longer conscious of it. That darkness is turning your mentality, tuning you down to lowest yourself. You must die and waste that entire. So it is a fight here to either remain unconscious about this life and live ordinary or to fight to vitalize this life and engage it in their purpose. He's so scared that the day you realize his life because he knows that this energy is there. He knows that the hearts of men have become the, 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 the inhabitation of this darkness. And the Bible says, the dark place of the earth. Be it on the outside one or the inside one is what? The inhabitation of what? Cruelty. So when there is darkness, cruelty is inevitable. Cruelty of circumstances and situations, cruelty in the heart of man. Whether the person says, I know it, or I don't know it, the important thing we want to know here is that the person's mind, the person's thoughts was influenced by the energy that resides within. So when you say contending with sin, it's not just emotions, it's not just, oh, I'm tempted, and energy is really in demand of me. And that energy is what? The negative energy, the darkness. 
originate from what? The manifestation of Satan. Jesus said, I saw the devil fall, who said that? fall like lightning from heaven, right? Now, because his name is Lucifer, it means light bearer. So what he does is when he comes to God's presence in worship, because he's the one who leads worship whenever God's presence is being made manifest from the tabernacle in heaven. So God's God is unseen. You can't see him. He manifests in his glory. So when God begins to manifest in his glory, it is Lucifer who because what is happening descends God's presence being manifest and then walks in the coals of fire to get purified and prepare other angels and the coals in heaven to now worship. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of hosts, heaven and earth is full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. All of them will throw down their heads like crown as I worship him. Because he was punished with carbon coals. Different precious stones that have capacity to sharpen his discernment of the presence when God is manifesting. Now, when he rebelled, listen, now when he rebelled, God did not take away those gifts from him. But now he cannot charge himself. He cannot go to God's presence and charge himself with light anymore. So now the gifts now deteriorate into so, but before he flew to the fullness of darkness, the Bible said God cast him out of heaven. So he saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. You know, when you see lightning, from the beginning it becomes brighter. As it's coming down, what happens? It increases and decreases and decreases into darkness. So when he now fell, the gift to turn to darkness. So that darkness that fell on the earth, and then what? Darkness that fell over the earth. That does not mean that we are contending with him as the Almighty God. That means whatever, what we mean by, by, by contending with God is that whatever he has, we have. But that does not mean that we are contending with him. Just like your soul who is there with you, you have eyes, he has eyes. Let everything. Your blood is his blood. Your genes is his gene. But that does not mean that he's contending with you. But rather, he's an extension of you. Is that clear? So, so it is when he fell that he cast out darkness, that energy that now wraps the earth, that held the earth captive, if you like. And every human being better here will have to contend with that darkness. That's why when God was talking about, he said, Don't eat of any of the trees. Don't eat of all the trees, but this one, don't eat of this. Because this one will introduce to this energy. Even though the energy was there, God did not mind the energy. Do you know why? He didn't want to clear the energy because he was keeping a man that has dominion over this. That's like when he came and he said, and you shall have dominion in the air, on the land, and the sea. He did a part to subduce energy in this realm. Content? No, continue on. <coughs> but when Adam now sinned by rebelling, he opened himself to this energy. And the corruption that came with Satan entered man. That's why when God, when man fell, man could not save himself. Man could not save himself any longer. He needed a savior to save him because the quality of the energy that has entered his soul, only God can provide. 
and it will cause God the gift of a son. Yes, ma'am. Mister, they can just read it out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When God created the universe, mm-hmm. the earth was formless and desolate. Okay, stop. Read it again. Everyone, listen carefully. Mm-hmm. In the beginning, when God created the universe, the earth was formless. The earth was formless. And desolate. Stop. Can God create a formless and desolate earth? So, in other words, between that this sentence now and the next sentence, hundreds of years have come. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Then the earth became what? Formless and desolate. Yes. And that action is the action of the fall of the Satan. And I saw Satan fall like lightning that came. When he hit the earth, he rendered the earth formless and what? Desolate. That's why they say that if you continue reading now, it told that God was creating a new earth. He said, light be. That means there was light before, but something made light desolate. He commanded that to come out of this desolate situation. What? Revelation. No, no, no. The Bible is not to be arranged according to your mind. Yeah, it's not man being. Mm-hmm. I read it logically, it will not make it make sense to you in one way. But another person will read it and get revelations. Yes, mommy. Let me come in here. A man has a son. He is 15 years old. And he sent his son to a school nearby to the house. And the boy met another boy in school that is just seven years old. And this time the boy of 15 years goes to buy. Moi, moi, chin, chin. The boy of seven years come and contend with him and collect those things from him. Okay? And the boy of 15 years come back home crying. I said, Daddy, there's this boy in school who is bullying me. And the father said, Who is that boy who is bullying you? He said, Mr. John's son. He said, The one that used to greet me when I come around in school to come and pick you. He said, Yes. And the father asked, How many, how many years is he again? He said, He's about seven years old. And he's bullying you 15 years old. Mommy, if that's your son, will you go and pull him out of that school? Or what will you do? Mommy, what will you do? Good. That's the same story we're talking about here. When God was, when devil fell and was trying to claim what God has given to man, the Bible said the earth, the heaven belongs to the Lord, and what? The earth he has given to men. But the devil came contending the earth with man. That's why when God created man, he said, and let them have dominion of the air and the land and under the sea. God gave man the legal power to subdue Satan. Satan was inconsequential. It's because you and I have become victims and it affected us. So we're now seeing ourselves as small and Satan as big. You see the point? So God does not even want to give the devil attention. He said, you remember, oh yeah, continue. Go with what I gave you, but let me tell you, you are too small for you to draw my attention. And God focused on you. 
made out of you who you are. You now went on your own to submit to him. That's the story. So God is not overprotective like some of us who are overprotective of our children or other whatever we have. God says, go and conquer because I am a conquering God and you are in my image. Go and take over and rule that reign. We are not failures. And that's until tomorrow, God is still hopeful that you will rise to do the needful, to take your position legitimately where you are in the spirit and do the needful. There are some issues you have in your life. If you pray yourself and do it, God will say, we will not come down. Because by coming down, you are making you still to be a non-entity. He wants you to arise and take over what he has given to you. So the devil is too small. He said he will make him your, to he will make his neck to be under your leg and you will be crushing him. But because we have become victims of darkness over the years, to the culture, to the system we have been brought into over the years, our mentality has been truncated, our perception has been mad. So we now see the devil as a big of uh, obstructor and we have fear for him. And even some men have even worshipped him. They are succeeding in making men to worship him. That is why when you receive the light of Jesus, that light becomes a light that enlightens all men. Your eyes get open. Then you see people who have walked in that light, subdue Satan, right, left, and center. Conquered him. Dealt with him. Subdued him. Because they have understood what is what is on ground. And Hosea said, my people perish. For what? For lack of this knowledge. Yes, sir. When they are dealing with the revelation of God's word, logic does not apply. Logic cannot comprehend the fullness of the happiness of the spirit. That's why the Bible says there are ways that seem right unto a man, but the end is death. Even the argument you produce sometimes. As I said, first of all, remember I said that this darkness, there's one on the outside and there's one inside, right? Good. And the one inside is what produces the philosophies of our lives, the cultures we are born into. Alright? Invariably, this same man has created even your thinking pattern. So the thoughts are thinking, he furnished it. He has so brainwashed you and made you believe that this is what life is. Even your language you communicate. That's why when Peter was telling Jesus, you will not die. He was talking normal, right? He said, you will not die. Why should I die? And he reprimanded Jesus and took him aside. And what did Jesus do? Jesus turned behind and said, what? Satan, get behind me. Please, what evil did, that, did, did Peter commit there? But his thinking, even though it was human, right? He saw the root of that thought as panic. And he identified the devil in that thought. So what am I saying? That even for us, there are things we think that appear rational, appear very logical. But you don't know that you are even speaking and thinking from the resources that come from the energy of darkness. That's why we don't trust our rationality. In other words, to say God knows everything does not mean that God orchestrated that you, you should take this step today. God ordained it. Just like we are now, Right? You married your wife, you have your children. Okay? Then you say, because there is grief. Why can't you not say, I will not give birth to children? Because I know that if I give birth to them, they can become criminals. 
or they come, they come kill us. There are killing, killers everywhere. There is corruption everywhere. Human beings are, we have different types of human beings everywhere. But you still give birth to children. Why? Because you are saying that my own children will be different. But still, that does not mean that maybe one of them can just decide and say, I want to become this tomorrow. You wish that they become what you wanted to be. But they have a choice to make. Right? The devil has rebelled. And when God was raising man, he was saying, my own children will be different. That his own knowing doesn't mean that he predicts your choice. No. Your choice is a mystery. Your choice is a mystery that God doesn't know. I tell you, yes. Your choice is a mystery. You don't, you don't understand. When God will be able to say, God created in his own image and likeness. Does not mean that God knows everything and how everything is going to end. Your choice is like him. He gives you an independent existence. It's your actions that make him know what you're doing. Okay, so why is God entering covenant with men? Abraham had to enter covenant with him. Because Abraham can make choices that are outside their agreement. They have to tie into a covenant. What does agreement do? When you agree on something in court, it's no terms and condition. If you violate it, what happens? If because you're not sure of this person, that's why you enter an agreement. You write an agreement, you want to take some money or something. You write an agreement and then you sign that I will abide to these terms and conditions. Why? Because you feel that this person can take this money and go and never show up. So why is God entering covenant with men? Because one of the things that makes us divine is the ability to make choices. And God has kept a blind eye to the choice you make. Yes. To honor you. It's an honor conferred on men. They are the only creature that God made independent of their choice. So it is when you choose, God says. So now that level of honor and that level of, uh, how do I call it, beauty and wonder he has built to us now has become an instrument of what? Degradation to him. Out of love. So that's why he cannot interfere with your freedom. What do you choose? If you choose to destroy yourself, it is your choice. If you choose to be good, it is your choice. It's as serious as that. It is part of even what the devil is, is, is that he is provoking the devil more. How can God raise men to that level? So now that has known that your choice is so powerful, that's why he will contend with your decision and choice. He will manipulate you to execute your choice negatively. So the consequence can be much. Look at Adam now. He made a choice. Everything destroyed. Your choice is a powerful instrument. Your freedom. That's what makes you a divinity. Animal doesn't have it. They are operating by instincts. And that's why when you make your choice, God cannot stand. It's okay, it's your choice. He respects you. Yes. So if you also, out of choice, come to him. Wow. Beautiful. He doesn't coerce anybody. When you out of church, decide to serve him. Wow, that's great. He honors you like himself. But if you also choose and say, I don't want to serve you, good and fine. He leaves you. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. 
Angels don't have the kind of freedom we have. They are called corporate spirits. Yes. Listen now. Angels don't have the divine nature. This church I'm talking about is within the context of divine nature. Because we are in the image of God. We are in the image and likeness of God. Whatever you find in God, you find in man. The freedom we enjoy is the freedom that is in the context of what? Divinity. Angels don't have that kind of freedom. They are under what? They obey instruction. Now, what happened with Lucifer is not that he exercised his freedom. What happened with Lucifer is he did what they called displacement theology. He exercised a stand that violated the light that shines through him. Let me, let me take you further again. I'm trying to just get a, a, a good picture to explain. That's why he can't repent. But man can repent. If we sin and we repent, God takes it. But in the context of the angels, when they deteriorate, they are irremediable. That's why Satan cannot repent. As he corrupted, he has corrupted. But we, even in the worst scenario, we can repent and God will still take us because it's the context of divinity. Trying to establish now. No. What are you trying to establish? No, no, no. No, no. Wait. What are you trying to establish now? That God, you know, you mentioned first of all, God is all knowing, right? I explained that. And I told you that the context of all knowing does not mean that God will come and then be to choose for you, or God knows that you are going to choose this. No. Well, did you get this first? Yeah, did you get this? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He refused to yield to his source. He felt that because he has been charged, he can stay on the throne. That's why immediately he made that choice. He has not even finished exercising it. He has signs of every consequence. But in our own case, we have a freedom that is within the context of divinity. Okay, let me explain this now. We have freedom in what they call pure uh, spirits. Okay, we have a freedom that is in the context of divinity. Then we have a freedom that is in the, in the context of uh, uh, animals. 
And in this context, we call them what? Instinct, right? Do they make choice in the context of instincts? Animals. Do they make choices with the context of their instincts? Yes. That's why they can move around. Okay? That's why they can kill. But can you compare the quality of their freedom to human freedom? Yeah, okay. You are saying by default. They are not subjugate to you. They are operating the animal life. Listen now, listen. They have the animal life. That is different from what the human life. Good. So you cannot say, why are they not like humans? They, they are operating on two different platforms. That's how God designed it. Okay? So that's why you see them. They operate on that level. You want to catch the fowl now, you throw maize on the ground, right? And as the, as, the, as, the, as the chicken is coming close, you want to catch the fowl, what happens? It flies away. Immediately throw the same maize again. The power comes back. But you human being, there's one million on the floor here. And I ask the woman, take it. As I come in, I'll bring out the gun. And <laughs> then as your hand is coming, I fire one. Then you run for your life. I say, come and take it. You will say, I will never come. Now you are exercising a higher dimension of freedom. Okay? Now, in the context of the two spirits. They are operating a different dimension of freedom. And their own is in such a way that what they violated, they deteriorate and they remove them. And they know it. So that's why when he said I made his choice, he made his choice at that context. Now listen to me. Each of this type of life was better out of love. You have to understand the context of love. God, out of himself, was creating these things. Because God wants to share. And the context of love, love is overwhelming. Now, out of love, he made them. Now they are all pretty in their dimensions. God is like you now, you have your son. There are things you have, you, there are plans you have your son. But that does not mean, listen now, that does not mean that when you grow up, things stick to it. So that's basically what he's playing out here. He has plans for the two spirits. He has plans for divine life. He has plans for animal life. And each of them in their context have their own world, level of freedom. And now when you grow, you did it out of love. But now these animals or this animal, uh, this uh, 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 divine life or human spirits cannot decide to start doing things on their own. And you will not say, ah, because I didn't let me kill you. No! No matter how your, 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 your child deteriorates, he's still your child. There's a limit to what you can do. He's not like a machine. Because I don't need bam, he kills. He destroys. Even the fact that he did it, he even repented. Because he never pre- you know, predicted that all this is to come up. He never wished that life. So, as you sit down now, you wish all kinds of dreams for your, for your children, oh, how their life will be for them, and all that. But when they grow, they decide to take a that track. You see, accommodate them, giving them room. But as for Satan, who has rebelled, God said, "Give them a choice." And the devil knows, for him to come back with a God that he knows, that is not possible. But for us human beings, who are created in His own image, the quality of our freedom, when we come back, 
is healing. For the animals, they were not created to be in the class of God. They are created as, you know, emissaries to purify the main reason for creation. And the main reason for creation is you. For you to have what it takes to be able to interact and relate with the domain that's given to you. So when you, are, when you want to understand this and you engage your rationality, that's the point I'm making. Because I did a disagreement so many years ago too. I was asking the Lord some questions. And he says, you are arguing with the same material the enemy gave you. You're taking pattern. Who gave it to you? Darkness. Do you know why? Remember the book of Jeremiah, chapter 1. He says, before you were conceived in your mother's womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I anointed you. It's not only for Jeremiah. All of us, before we were actually conceived, we were already in touch with God. We already knew what God is all about. But as we were better, as human beings traverse into this darkness, there's what? A suffocation that took place that choked who you are in God out of you. Only very few persons are able to retain. Some retain some level to percentage. Some completely lose everything. And so to the degree to what you're able to see, hold on to, when you're better there, we determine how much you can lose. So what the whole is to do is that through the life of Jesus, as he enters to you, to try to awaken that dimension you're lost. Because here is the dead darkness. As it comes, it chokes into your mind, into your thoughts, and then begins to form the mentality, the pattern you have. And so now, who produces this pattern? Who produces mentality? Is the devil. Now you are using the very instrument of the devil to question the things of God. It's not possible. You don't have all the categories. That's why when we begin to obey by faith, we begin to not have access to dimensions of knowledge that we never had before. And things start getting clearer and clearer. We're not seeing that, oh, the stand we're taking is not of God. So the, the enemy who are, whom we are contending with gave you the argument to fight him. How, how possible is that? So that's why that says there are ways that seem right unto a man, through your rationality, that is a victim of darkness. But the end of it is what? Still death. And God made it clear in Isaiah, say my ways are not your ways. He said, as the heavens are far from the earth, so my ways far from your own. He now says in Isaiah 1, 16, he said, come, let us reason together. And to now take it further, the Holy Spirit, when he comes, he comes with seven offices of ministration. That tries to activate you is like you are in an intensive care unit where one wire is here, one is for heart, one is for the lungs, one is for the brain, one is for the tummy, and they are all there sending electric messages into your system to activate you, to quickly you to wake up. Now, when the Holy Spirit comes, he comes with seven wires, if you like. The first one is what? The first one is what? Wisdom. The second is what? Knowledge. The third is what? Understanding. Cancer. Then piety. Fortitude. And the knowledge uh, and the fear of the Lord. Now the first four have to do with your mind. Because it is your mind that has become a victim of darkness over the years. That makes you think the way you think. Act the way you act. And make the choice you make. It's sick. 
Our predominant thinking pattern is sick, is devoid of God. That is why when the Holy Spirit comes to you, he starts changing your the wisdom you have now, which is better from the things, the, 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 the what they call the, the, this age, the wisdom of this age. And the Bible says the wisdom of this age leads to corruption. So you are operating a wisdom that is born of negative energies. So when he comes, he must dethrone that wisdom to install divine wisdom. If not, you're operating with the system of the enemy. It's like you'll be hypnotized by the devil himself. And you're now coming to serve God with that mentality. You cannot understand God. If you don't know my language, there's no way you can speak it. You must learn my language. So if you want to understand God, we must go back to what? The wisdom of God. Then you have the knowledge of God. The knowledge that comes from God. Then there was the understanding, which eventually is the understanding that now gives you a perspective in God. Paul mentioned something about that in Ephesians chapter 4. Let's read it finally and then continue our reflection. I hope we are following all, right? Very important. Yes. Okay. Let's finish up what I'm going to explain that before I go to this. Mm. Read from verse one. Four. I urge you then. Mm-hmm. I who am a prisoner because I serve the Lord. Uh huh. When you come into God, God is calling into a stand of a life different from the one that we punished with while we're on earth here. And now Paul will go for us to explain the life that we were in, and God is calling us into his own right now. Now, listen carefully. Go ahead. Mm. Be always humble, gentle, and patient. Mm-hmm. There are those who are victims of this darkness. All the human beings who are victims of this darkness, who have become part of the philosophies of this life, mm, the wisdom of this age, wisdom of this age. This age is the age of darkness. That's why Jesus himself, when he came, he had to, he had to condemn him. He said, he's a perverse and what? He's an evil and perverse generation. The word generation is the word age. Okay? Everything in it has been perverted by the darkness of this energy. Okay? So, you know, you know we continue and say, do not live like the Gentiles. The Gentiles are, are the ones that, that, that they call the victims, the citizens of this age. Now, go ahead. Let's explain, let, let Paul explain for that what is there again. Mm-hmm. In, the, in the last name, then I want you to mm-hmm. not continue to live like the Gentiles. Okay. Whose thoughts are worthless. Good. And whose minds are in the let me explain that oh, oh, those sentences there. He said, whose thoughts are what? Worthless. Some can say, who have a futile mindset? Now, futility has to do with completely bankrupt of peoples. The original peoples as ordained by the maker. This thing becomes futile the moment it begins to serve another peoples. It was created to be a chair that people will sit on and then be comfortable, right? Now, when you now change, change this year to another thing, or when it is destroyed, it means it has lost its what? Its purpose. You can use it for other things, right? But the primary purpose of this year 
have been completely what? Defeated. So when that happens, this chair has gone into futility. The original purpose of man was to serve God. He is supposed to be God in extension in the colonies of the earth. But now, with the darkness that choked man, listen to me, you need to get this very clear now. Part of the plan of the enemy is that as you arrive as God's agent, <laughs> I just saw something now. <laughs> as you arrive as God's agent, he will not kill you. Say, welcome. How is Johnny? If he confuses you to find the person who sent you and make you serve him. Yes. That's what the Bible says. He is the one who deceived the whole world. His wisdom has been corrupted now. He is using it for himself. So every moment born into this system, when Adam sinned and he had a legal part to kill, he formed the philosophies, the cultures, the system that you see. And if you want to go further, listen to me. All these courses we are studying in the university, will I shock you? They are all better from this age. And all of them are geared towards death. Don't worry. As we grow, there's a time will come that things I will be exposed to you. But now, at this point, it will not make sense to you. That's why we need to do this elementary learning over time. Then when I begin to tell you certain things, you'll be shocked. The wisdom that governs this world today, the philosophies, you see the commerce, the entertainment, the science and technology, all of them are actually what they call following wisdom. Yes. And they are limited. We all know they all work with a limit of what? Experimental error. Plus, minus. They're not perfect. But perfect wisdom has no limit of experimental error. There's no minus plus in it. If it is A, it is what? Accurate. It's perfect. So anybody better here, as you pass through this darkness into death here, something spiritual happens to you. Something happens to you that you are cut off. Only very few are able to trap certain information and keep it. And know that why they are here, they know why they are here. John knew why he was here. Jesus knew why he was here. They trapped it. They were able to deal with the darkness that came. So the work of the Holy Spirit with the offices is to activate it. Because your heart disk still has this inside of you. All the things that happen while you are with God is inside of your spirit. But you're not grown enough to stir it up, to awaken it. If not, have you seen love before? Have you seen the, what they call love before? Why is a child born today, tomorrow? If you show love, the child knows. How does the child, who taught the child that this is love? Nobody taught you love. Nobody taught you for this place you have. You know them inside your spirit, man. Who taught you goodness? This is the residues of what we are able to trap in here. But the devil is not concerned about the little have trapped. The main thing is to call to you from God, and that's what many have lost. Then as you journey in life here, doing his own things, by the help of the Holy Spirit, you are quickening. Then you have to ask, why am I here for goodness sake? Why am I this? So that's why 
for instance, not someone like me, I was in school, and when this started happening to me, I had to abandon school and say I have a calling. It's actually destiny that brought me back to my track. And some, they grow in the spirit, go to a home monastery, go to a home monastery, you will see doctors, you will see pharmacists, you will see bankers who have worked for years. Some were even married and they left their family, sold them out and went and entered the same monastery. You go to receive hefty, they are there singing day and night in prayer and doing my labor. When they share their experience with you, you'll be shocked. Because they were able to track back who they were and they saw that their destiny is not in what they were doing. And they went into becoming what? Agents of God in the monastery. There was one that even happened a few years ago in America. A very known star, celebrity, who lived a very luxurious life. From nowhere, she abandoned everything, sorted her parents, gave some things to charity, and entered the nunnery. And one day, they had to seek permission from the monastery to come and interview her, to ask her, how are you feeling? I think about, after about five years. They came into her room. Her room has no ties. It's bare floor. The bed is not a cozy bed. It's just a simple phone. Oh, what one small window? No fan, no AC. And they're asking her, how are you surviving here after so many years of luxury in affluence and in money and in, in people? Now you're sitting here every day. You go to prayers. You come back. You go to refectory. You do some manner labor. You just intercede. And he said, my soul has found peace here. My body is suffering because it's not used to the former life. But my soul has found peace. When I was there, my body had everything needed, but I had no peace. But now I have found what? Peace. So this darkness is doing a lot of work. And that's why the gospel message is a message of power that helps to open men's eyes to realize who they are in God. While God is contending to the Holy Spirit and the preachers, the devil too is content to keep you continually in your darkness. And I shared with you a few weeks ago, I think before Christmas, about this lady who works in the hospital and her own job is to accompany the dying. Well, somebody's case has reached the point where medically, the satisfied person is dying, they call her. Her own is to accompany those who are dying to die. And she gave me a report after eight years or 12 years in that, in that, in that office. And she said she has accompanied about 4,000 people who have died. But there are some things that are very common with everybody. Whether you're a Muslim, you're a Christian, you're a Buddhist, as far as you're a human being, there's something very common about death. And she mentioned them. Number one, she said before you die, you will see your entire life as a whole before you. From the day you were born to the day you are dying, everything comes once. You will remember the things you have forgotten. Everything will come back to you. Number two, you will not know that those things that came to you, all the things you did was actually a transaction. You are doing business. You are subscribing to something. And the things your life has been subscribing to all this while by your choice, whether you remember or not, will be staring at you in the other side of life. You will see the other life. Whatever I have done, where it's taking to, either to A or to B, you will know. He says it's only a debt that everybody from different denominations speaks one language. Yes. Even the atheists will know. 
and those who have made wrong choices, you will see that at that point of transition, they are already feeling the gloom of their wrong choices. They already know where they're heading from. That it is that are not clear to you now. Even your brain that you have been arguing will lose its grip. Reality will dawn on you. You begin to ask yourself, then why did I know this all this while? You now see that human beings, by virtue of this darkness, are actually to a, 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 a very slight degree, are hypnotized. Where the truth is suspended, where the lies are magnified. And men live all their years on earth with the lies that is propelled by this darkness. But at death, that, those lies will go. I love the person now. They're not like somebody who, 419, has <laughs> collected all your goods. And that it dawns on you that you just fill it with people who are a bit unrealistic. Now, they take your money to no way. You enter into what they regret. You start screaming, oh, my goodness. What will I do? All the people you collected money from, it now dawns on you. But that time, when you're busy going about collecting things, you're too sure that this thing will bring something. Then thirdly, he says, as they die, he says, 80% of those who die, die regretting their lives. And they struggle to see how they can stop from transiting, but they can't help it. He said, that's why that touched us so much. He said, that's the case. Then why can't we begin early to make proper transaction by the kind of, the kind of choices we make and the decisions we make? He said, if you like, I'm not preaching to you, but I'm telling you the reality of death, having accompanied so much people in the past of their journey. Whether you're a Christian, something awaits you. Before you die, your entire life will come before you. You will vet yourself. Your conscience will vet your life. Then and then you will see it instantly. Then you will know where your vetting is taking you to. Then why are many crying? Because they have made wrong choices. They have made wrong decisions. And now it's irreversible. What we're talking about here is the effect of darkness. So the effect of darkness on the human system is so deep that if God does not help you, if the Holy Spirit does not help you, forget it. Everything is similar right now. But the day the future business has stopped, you now see how vain, how deceptive everything is. That's why we should not be victims of this. So he says they are darkened understanding. Who read it? You're saying the devil has darkened their understanding. So their understanding is darkened, is controlled by the darkness that comes from this dimension. Their future life, darkened understanding. And then what again? I think he says, uh, and then. They have no part in the life that God gives. Good, you see. For they are completely ignorant So, what he's trying to say is that the very life they should live in this realm, they don't have it, which is the life of God. So, they're now living the life of a narcissist. Paul is now saying, don't be like them. So, because the gospel is, can be preached to us, is because divinity can repent and come back. And that's why the Bible says there's greater rejoicing in heaven when one repentant sinner comes back to God. Because that's the expectation. They're waiting that we come back fully 
Shout a big amen. So, when I understood this many years ago, it now dawned on me. In school, we do philosophy. We argue against all these things about God. <laughs> As seminarians, we argue. Say, we even have what they call the non-existence of God. I can prove to you that God doesn't exist. And you will go to your text. We did all these things just to toughen our minds. So, when you now came into theology, you now begin, they begin to now build you up to now see this. Why do they do that? They introduce us into why what they call secular philosophies to see how people who are in darkness think. How can you help them when you don't think like them? It's only when you understand how they think, you cannot bring in the good news. You can engage them in their own terrain and then bring in the new thing. That will do. Paul went to this, the headquarters of philosophy, and he preached and preached and preached and preached at that point. They said, hey, we'll hear you again. <laughs> and they made a book of him. But some still believed. So it's a battle of the mind. Your mind is a very crucial instrument in this whole thing. What you accept determines your destination. And that's why you have to guard your mind. You have to 247 be under the administration of the Holy Spirit. Because you can even see light today. By tomorrow, you can still get corrupt. And once you are corrupted, he will not do anything. He may not be able to kill you because God is busy upon your life. God is protecting you. But he wants to make sure that the points of the choices you make here will not translate to anything. I said this morning at morning mass, allow each day that comes in your life to count. Because it's very important. The greatest transaction is to allow each day that comes, each day God gives you. Make it count, not only on this side of life. Make it count. Where? In eternity. Businessmen every day, they make this each day count by the profit they make. But we as Christians, we don't only make this day count only in our money and in our offices and career. We only make it count in God. Using each day to do the transactions, make choices and decisions, and I put up with actions that will count in the sight of God. That's how to live what? Circumspectively. That's how to live by the wisdom of God. I know the wisdom of this age, which Paul says, we bring to what? We lead us to what? Destruction. Now, what led me to talk about all this is to make us understand, have a robust understanding of faith. Because if you don't have this, your faith dimension will be so shallow. We're in the mode of faith. And for us to be able to exercise faith, not just faith in the sense of belief, Articles of belief, but faith as a spiritual substance. We must understand what has happened to us. That it is what? Then that life came. That life became the light of men. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. When that life entered the human soul, something happened. I'm bringing to you the revelation of what has happened to you in the spirit. So you learn to begin to see yourself not just physically. But what? Spiritually. You are to engage your Christian life, not your physical body, your Christian life in the affairs of life. Not just your physical understanding and knowledge. You must exercise that. So, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, chapter 4, verse 4. If you are there, you can just read it out, read it out loud. Mm-hmm. The God of this age. Stop. You see the Bible made it clear now. There's a God who owns this age. Who runs the affairs of this age. <laughs> Hey, 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 hey. Hello. Everybody, open your eyes and look at me. Mm. 
Oh, he's well in Jesus' name. This is 2024. We must move over. Nothing can stop us. Hallelujah. <laughs> As you press up, this God is also pressing up. As you are changing your stockings, he's changing his shoes. Yes. He's a combatant soldier. We must learn to fight dirty. And what we do? We fight to sustain the integrity of our knowledge. Our knowledge will not be corrupt. Because once we are limited by knowledge, forget it. The Bible says the righteous. We are righteous already by the, by the righteousness of Jesus. But you see, the righteous shall be delivered. Even though you are righteous, you can be in bondage. Even though you are a child of God, you can be in bondage. The devil can still limit you. He can still contend with you. But you cannot be free by what? By knowledge. Sound knowledge that is better from the womb of the Holy Spirit. That's why we don't jump with the word of God. Because that word is what enlightens us. So the very light which they had, which has lost, we are now the one carrying it. So for me, you increase the test of the judgment. Before I read what 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 I'm just showing now, the devil himself is called Lucifer, light bearer. When he fell, his life got corrupt. Now what did God say? I gave you light that you may shine, but you have chosen to be in darkness. May it may be so. As he left, darkness came into him. He became dark, and the darkness had eaten him up. That's why if you see Satan, he really says. He's no longer beautiful. He's very ugly. I tell you, don't pray to see it. Because fear will drip you. But there's a level you reach your journey. One day you will see him. He can metamorphose and even try to show himself as light, as angel of light. But if you look closely, you will see that it's complete deception. Many saints have seen him. So that he comes as a shock. Entity. So now it comes to strange ways. Now, when God says the light in you become darkness, He lost the power of light. Now, listen, I want you to listen carefully. Because after now, we will still go back to all these. So the light in God corrupt. When God spoke that word, that word was light. The same light. He created in him for the same light he used in judging him. So it is light versus what? Light. But if old light was subdued by a friend, the same God who produced that light that made him light, produced another type of light that subdued him and made him what? A monster. Now the secret is this. That second light that God gave is what he gave you. You didn't get it. That second light is the one he gave you now. The entrance of the world brings light. At baptism, the priest gives you a candle. The light now that the Holy Ghost enkindles in us is the very light that God is judging you. Child of God, when he said you are the light of the world, it means that even though he's the God of this age, you run this world by your light. Shout a big amen. amen. This is what we need to get. So when I show up, it's not my prayer alone. There's a light, there's a flame I carry as a what? As a member of the body of Christ. That when he sees me, he sees 
a reenactment of the judgment on him. Those who believe in me, in my name, they will cast out demons. We exercise that light again. The same thing, God cast him out of heaven. We can see cast him on earth here. So we say the name of Jesus is not just the name. We are releasing a light. And this day you come to Mass, there's life at the altar to remind you. So when he sees you, he sees his beauty. Eh? But a beauty that's far, far higher than the one he had when he was in heaven. That's why he will do everything to make sure you lose the intent of that light. He gets you into all this society. Also, that is over. Say, yes, you have come to my level now. He cannot attack you. Job chapter 29. Let me show you things. Verse 1. We'll come back to 2 Corinthians. Eh? Job chapter 29, from verse 1. If you are there, read out loud. Good, go ahead. Yes. How I long for the months gone by. When days when God watched over me. When lamp on my head. Uh huh. You see, by his light I walk. In darkness, so he can enter darkness. Not because of prayer alone. He was conscious of a lamb on his head. By light, I walk through that. How dare you walk in this place and expect to succeed when you don't have the light of God? Even when you succeed, apparently one day the man just come and kick everything. Everything will destroy because you lack the light that backs you up. That's why they never can step into churches, kill Christians, mess them up in different dimensions, lock them down because they are not understanding of who they are in the spirit. The Bible says the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. This candle you are seeing now, we are his candle. Now, when we interact with him enough through his word and worship, he lights us up. He gives us the light, which is the judges. I said, now go, rule him the way I rule him. I am the light of the world. He who follows me, John chapter 8 verse 12, he who follows me shall not walk in the darkness of this earth. For he shall possess the light. Ah. <laughs> it is what we know. Noah brain cannot take this because the Noah brain cannot understand this. But by the spirit, by discernment, by faith, we know we are furnished with certain earthly realities. The Bible says, even though we are, we are, we are, like, we are in the flesh, you see, the weapons of our warfare are not what? Flesh or cannon. But they are mighty in God to pulling down of strongholds. And Paul mentioned them. What are the strongholds? Arguments, impressions, mentalities, and every knowledge that arises against the knowledge of Christ. There's a light I'm carrying. It's a light you are supposed to be carrying. If you are carrying a candle, 
when the light is off, do you know? Huh? Yes. Suppose I give a candle now, and then by, by chance, the wind blows it off. Are you aware? Yes. But if it's lighted, are you aware? Yes. That's how you're supposed to be aware if your light is still on or off. Suppose you're carrying a candle right now, right? Are you listening to me? Yes. And it's lighting. Suppose you close your eyes and it's still lighting. Supposing you're in the church and they are, are praying and you have the candle and it's burning and then you are praying your mind. Do you sometimes get some signal that the candle is, uh, the, the fire is there? How? The flame? Even with your eyes closed, you can see. Oh, child of God, go and pray this year. Oh God, I want to see my light. At every point in time, you should be able to discern whether your light is on or not. Job said, by light, I walk in the midst of darkness. So, and the Bible says, darkness is the what? The dark place of the earth is what? Is the inhabitation of cruelty. So, when there's cruelty going on, the antidote to dealing with it is what? Step in there with light. There's something like goes to the cruelty of Satan. Once he sees that cruelty, something about you paralyzes the operation. You pass, they continue. Faith is a substance of things hoped for, or things not yet seen. The substance of light. I have it. Have I seen it? No. But I know that I know that I know I have the light of God on me. The amount of faith is the most just activate everything about faith in your life. That life is a light unto men. And he said, that darkness has not comprehended this type of light yet. The devil every day is struggling to understand. I know I was a light bearer, but this type of light, I I, I have not seen it before. So that's why each time you come, he is jittery. He can't understand the mystery behind this light. There is something about it that paralyzes him. That's why he said, I'm seen like a sheep among what? Wolves. But they cannot devour you. Wolves eat you while I say alive. Wolf devoured a prey. You see a wolf pursuing an animal. He's eating it already. He's not waiting for it to die. That's the devil. That's how the devil prays. He's attacking you. He's sitting from here. He'll bring one sickness. One trouble from trouble to trouble. All of them will start happening at the same time. You are completely nullified. The Lord said, if you see, I'm the light of the world. I love that Bible so much. I'm the light of the world. There's no other light in this world. Say, I'm the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness. What is he seeing? What have they put in place? There is something about this light that he is making to talk so audaciously. He is even speaking for you. You will not walk in darkness. Your struggle should not be anything but can I sustain that light? You cannot have that light and be normal. No. You cannot have that light and live like every other person. That life condone you. That life will determine how you live. That light will determine how you talk. That light will determine the choice you make. Because with this light, you are seeing clearly. Others are not seeing. They are grouping the dark. But with the light, you can see clearly. 
Others, every person will be going right because they don't know direction. You, by light, you decide to choose what? Left. And they will be laughing at you and say, hey, look at you. You are going left. We shall all be going uh, right. And tomorrow, when something happens, they say, how do you know? Because they are what? Having light. Say, I have the light of God. I said it before. The quality of darkness that is coming out now becomes more intense from all facets. If you don't build yourself intelligently, consciously, deliberately, to sustain the integrity of light, darkness will do a lot of havoc. May there be a portion in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. How do we increase the intensity of this light through the word of God? The more you know the mysteries of the kingdom, the more the weed of your faith will carry light. Because what carries your light inside you is your faith. <laughs> your faith is what powers your light. If your faith is down, your light is down. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. This teaching we are doing now, you don't know we are what? Waxing your faith. So that your quality of your light will be higher. And it can even last long. When we discover this, we don't beat about the bush anymore. We don't go into all this rigorous thing. Christianity is so simple. But the, the enemy has corrupted it. And everywhere it is made as if Christianity is hard. Because the things that are necessary are taken away and tough you give to people. And they have corrupted the philosophies. And people have done so many things to achieve one thing. There's a woman who understood this mystery. Her name is Mary. To hear the mysteries from the mouth of the master. Martha was busy with so many people. And she complained, Can't you ask to my heaven? He said, Martha, Martha, you are bothered about so many things. When only one thing is needed, and many have gotten a better portion, and no one can take it from her. Thank you, Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus Christ. Child of God, we close our eyes, we see far. We see more when our eyes are closed than when it's open. Because when our eyes are open, we see only certain things within the grave of eyes. But when we close our eyes, the eyes of faith can see. We can see around the globe. We can know the intent of things by virtue of God's word. Now, what I'm teaching you now is wisdom. You've been carrying by all these years. You've been reading them. But you don't understand this in-depth dimensions. So it is this in-depth dimension that is called the wisdom of God. So as you may be reading a part of scriptures, you'll be arguing with the arguments there. The English there is not correct. <laughs> you don't know it was purposely written that way so that you, who is not in light, will not understand. Jesus said, was teaching in parables. One day he said to say, Master, why not explain this to them? He said, Unto you is given to know the mysteries. But for them is what? Stories. Because seeing they cannot see. Hearing they cannot hear. Perceiving they cannot perceive. Because their heart is coarse. This devil has bound their minds and they are yet undecided. But you, you have decided. Now you have decided to follow me. You are now ready for it. Unto you is given. To know the mystery of the kingdom. And that given, given grace is wisdom. 
Why are many Christians banking on wisdom? It's because they are not really decided to yield themselves to the fullness of God's word. God told me years ago, my son, you cannot know what is right for God or to make a decision that is expensive. Then few things in my life that were normalities in life, God said you have to drop them. They're not sins in themselves, but they are habits and actions I put up with in my life that contradicted the things of the Spirit. So you can't grow in this wisdom with just view everything. I've shared that with you before. Because I've shared it through which the God of this age can fill your mind with rubbish. Yes. One of the first things I lost was my passion for movies. You cannot be eating from this garbage and expect the wisdom of God to set in your mind. It's not possible. Our movie is bad. No. You watch them and you're getting entertained, right? We have all watched movies, right? They are good. According to our own standard. But you know very well, too, there are things in the movie that drops in your soul that are not in alignment with God. And we can trade them to be simple things that we can overlook, right? But the spirit behind the formation of that movie is intended to make sure that while you are being entertained, toxic things are being dropped in your mind that stays with you, that forms a bigger picture in your mind later, later, later. It's called the collection of idol life. <laughs> stays there. Over time, that's why some movies you watched five years ago, you still remember them. But the Bible you read three, 20 times. Uh-huh. You see? And it's normal. And we think it doesn't matter. It matters. It determines where you are today. God said, I can't continue. It took time. I said, I work on myself. Your conscious, your subconscious has fed on it so much. And listen to me. Every music has a spirit behind it. The spirit that inspired it. Because every music exists in the world of forms. We only go there and download. You are not the creator of that music. You only tapped into it and it played in your mind and you now watched it. The question now, who, who inspired that music? Lucifer himself was the prince of music in heaven. So you can think of music, he knows it more than you. And he knows the influence of music in your soul. The music determines the, the, the disposition of your soul. Your soul aligns itself by the energy that comes from the music. So the Lord began to make demands from me. There were different areas. I can talk. See your mouth. You have to work on it. 
don't count yourself into dissipation. Have you heard what dissipation before? Dissipated. Dissipated. Is it dissipated? Am I correct? He says, Moses. Yeah. I stopped that one. He said, Don't talk. I, I thought it was this. Don't know. Before you know it, don't talk about this. <laughs> don't talk about this anymore. Arguments. You can argue with you. And I said, to argue with you, will win you. again. Then something began to happen. When I opened my scriptures, I began to see things that I never saw before. You have to help yourself. You, have, you may have your own case. As you join with the Lord, you start showing you. What distracted me may not be what distracted you. Each person has a, a system that he has used to tie you down and to make thicker darkness exist in your soul. That keep dissipating you, making you hey, you come to church, you will hear the word of God, you receive holy communion. But before you know it, you are empty, you feel so dry, you don't know you want your seed to come back, but the more the days go by, the more dry you are. Something's wrong somewhere. There's a place, something's leaking. There's a crack on the wall. Yes, you need to go and cover it up. And the minute, minute, the moment you start keeping the energy that comes, your grace keeps increasing. Your energy level keeps increasing. You become conscious of what you carry. When there's a woman in the jail camp, if it's half and you shake it, do you feel it? You feel the same way. When you shake yourself in the spirit, you can feel the texture of what people are. So on the day of recording, you can say like Peter, what I have, I will give you. Peter knew that there was something inside him when he said, what I have, not what is in heaven. So that thing he carries is what is called faith. We call it spirit of faith. So this model of faith, you must do everything to cover back every element of faith. Before the month ends, as we all know, as we join with the Lord in this year of the seraphic year, the year of cherubims, the year of being on what? On eagle's wing of the supernatural. We cannot see the supernatural without faith. Your faith consciousness has to grow. And I took on this journey to be able to help you understand what happened and where we are right now so that you can articulate vividly in your mind and your spirit and your soul the concept of faith. So when you say, I have faith, it is not just faith in the air, but faith that is substan- that is that is sustained by quality knowledge. So when you say you have faith, it means there's in-depth knowledge of what I'm talking about here. Because it must translate to a substance. So when you're engaging the in any area of your life, and you are talking, you are addressing issue in your prayer closet in the name of Jesus. You will start when you are praying. Listen to me right now and listen carefully. When you are praying, have you noticed that while your eyes is closed, you are praying, Father, in the name of Jesus, I want to thank you, oh God, as I pray for my family, I pray against this. 
while you are praying, there's a thought discussion going on in your mind. Have you prayed one day? As you are praying, I bind every spirit that is attacking my family, attacking my children. All of a sudden, it's like having a flash of faith, strange being that appeared before you. Then what happened? You open your eyes. Has it happened to you before? It's like that, that spirit, you felt like that, that spirit is coming to you. And you open your eyes to check. Or why I pray that prayer? Maybe by chance, maybe the cotton linen eh, shaked. You say, Jesus, 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 Jesus. You feel that maybe that spirit you are praying against is there, right? Oh, you don't know. <laughs> Some out of fear, even when they are praying now, they don't close their eyes again. Because they feel like when they close their eyes, they will start saying things. That shouldn't be the case. So when Goliath ran towards David, David too ran towards Goliath. That's faith at work because the guy knew something. There was an insight he had. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? The point of agreement to the spirit is what? Circumcision. This guy is not on the side of God. I'm on the side of God. And I know if I step up, it's not only me. God is standing with me. That's what gave David the, the courage to do what they did. What is giving your own courage? What is your own substance of faith? What have you articulated now you have in your hand? That's the reality. Don't go empty handed. Don't parade this terrain of life without a substance of understanding. Don't presume. There must be concrete something with you in your understanding, in your knowledge of God. You know you have a light and you are what? Responsible to that light. That is what will happen now. A situation will ensue. Because I'm conscious I'm carrying a treasure. I will act a fool to quell this issue. To walk away. Looking like a fool. But walking in the wisdom to sustain the integrity of my life. If I go, go into that issue, the way it presents itself, I go to the stand of the world, what will happen? I may win, but I will lose. That's not once I'm carrying this light. It's not like quarrel your daddy again. Quarrel some is a sign that you are seeing the truth. You begin to grudge. Hey, you talk this one, you talk that one. Hey, I need to tell you, hey, you are not wise. You are carrying face. You are not wise. I will tell the truth. I'm seeking reconciliation. Why do you wait until you seek reconciliation? Why do we allow a case to come for the reconciliation? He offended me. No, you are still sensitive to offense. But you can't be sensitive to the light God gave you. Are we together here? I said, are you together here? Yes. Peter said, Master, where shall we go? You have the message of eternal life. The guy got something through the words of Jesus. When he got it, he chewed it. It became part of him. And he possessed something. What he had, 
but became what? What he possessed. You are supposed to possess what you hear. What you hear should translate to something here. You have to break you from a court of darkness. You can't be the same like others. You have to, you know, you, know, you must announce your uniqueness at every point in time. What propels them should not want to propel you. That's how we live our military lifestyle. Because the life of faith is the life of militancy. At any point in time, you are checkmating this, you are checkmating this, you are deciding your own atmosphere. Even the uh, of other atmospheres not available to you, you will refuse that atmosphere and create your own atmosphere. This is how we live. Every day, we look gentle, but we are militants in the spirit. Everywhere there is insecurity. Everybody's running from here to post. How are you securing yourself? Oh God, forget me. You will leave heaven. I'm the kind of Oh, sorry. Yes, sir. Publish two. There are two articles here. Take it. Which this year will be one of mine. The first one is the Bible man's invention. It's about what Jesus accomplished his invention. That was my first question. The second one is the power of the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. That one I wrote at my entry at last week. I didn't put it on the scripture. Explaining the different passages The third one is unveiling the lips in Christ Jesus. You see there. And then the third one. The fourth one, as what in the title of the book, but by the grace of God, two will be the because the Lord has been in my heart that you have to be there, part of the lively, that you come to this. There's so many things in my head, that's why I want to take all these things. I'm working them seriously right now. And part of what I want to share with you here, you know, because of the cycle shape and all that, they are all gradually crystallized. Well, I'm going to do the cycle like this of God this year. All the thoughts we've been giving here that we captured in our audio format, uh, we're working to transcribe it. Yes. To put on them into the materials, I'll go through them again and then furnish them properly and bring them. All of our grace, all of our faith, righteousness, you know, discipleship, all the merit, all of them, all the Eucharist, we're going to put all them together. So we are on it by the grace of God. And we know that we don't have time. So we don't have to show up. But before the end of this year, I'm not a. I'm not a person that said this. Then I'm pushing this. I'm saying, do this. I say, yes, I will do it. So this one, if I say I make money, I say, no. I'm not writing those things. I'm not saying that. My important thing is for people to be aware of what's going on. To understand. That's the difficult thing. The first one I published, which is a. The power of the body of Jesus Christ. It was doing the recruits at home who finished it. You know, because they were equipped to explain more uh, how the Catholics perceive their own uh, body and blood of Jesus. And because it's biblically based, when one person saw it and told us before he knew it, he copies. Well, you know, or we're we'll looking towards something this is like this, of course. Okay? Thank you very much for that. Uh, 
yourself every time you want to you know peruse the scriptures songs are coming as you mentioned other revelations start flowing through your world because now your world is clean so but if your world is dirty don't expect that when you are reading this it will go through it won't go you are like someone who is having malaria, malaria parasite and you want to eat food sorry for you you will see food you will like it but when you taste it it's bitter in your mouth <laughs> so we must put the price that goes with it shout a big amen, amen. We are blessed in Jesus' name. We are the people of faith. God's word has come to us to sanctify us, to cleanse us. The Holy Spirit, our teacher, has furnished us with the wisdom and the means to the kingdom. The Bible says that the word of God grew and prevailed among God's people when the apostles were preaching the gospel. We are learning the word of God so that the word of God can prevail over our hearts. For when the word prevails over our hearts, it will prevail over our world. Whatever happens in the depths of your heart will definitely be made manifest in the depth of your lives. When Peter doubted in the inner chamber of his heart while he was in the water, the Bible says, the power that held him on the water physically lose its capacity. But when Jesus rebuked him and held his hand again and looked to his eyes and he regained back his strength, the Bible says, immediately strength came into his heart. Peter was able to walk on the water again without sinking and walk back to the boat. On this day, the Lord has sent his word into our hearts to deal with our unbelief, to deal with our ignorance, to extrude from us the darkness that tries to build itself inside our hearts. So that you can be furnished with the knowledge of the truth. The knowledge of the word of God that makes the difference. And on this day, his word has come to us. And so, Father, in the name of Jesus, let the power of your word break the darkness that hovers around our lives in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Let the word that we have received, the word of the spirit, rejuvenate our own human spirit. Let the word that is life, may it empower our human life. Let the word that is fire be ignited in the chambers of our spirit man in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Our hands are stretched forth, O God, that you may enkindle the light of life that you have given to us. So we can navigate through the darkness of this world with victory, with blessing, with strength, with progress, with prosperity. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. On this day, I pray for all of us. And I decree and I declare that even as we begin this year to walk in the light of God's word, that the supernatural will be activated beyond measure. And as we wait upon him, speaking mysteries to us, we will have what it takes to deal with the miseries of life in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. No matter what the enemy may cook up against us, by the light of God's word, 
who shall walk through darkness. By the light of God's word, who shall walk through sickness. By the light of God's word, who shall walk through violence. By the light of God's word, who shall walk through the vicissitudes of life. On heart in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Because the word of God has become our banner. Because the word of God has taken flesh in us. And so Father, we pray at this hour for the grace of the Spirit to discipline us to become carriers of your word beyond measure in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Because the word has made his entrance into our soul and has become light. We pray, oh, Heavenly Father, that we we'll have the capacity, we we'll have the strength. And above all, the decorum, mental decorum, physical decorum to carry the living word in our bodies in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. So that as we transact the affairs of life, we will walk in the wisdom that comes from God. We will walk in the understanding that comes from God. And everything we touch shall receive the impact of God, shall receive the authority of God in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. This year, O Heavenly Father, shall be a year we shall walk in the fullness of your grace. From January to February to March, down the, the year, O Heavenly Father, we shall walk with the fullness of grace. Holy Spirit, may you shake up our consciousness. Help us to wake up from our slumber and forgetfulness. And the many things the enemy has used to checkmate us and bring us down. Whatever that brings confusion to us, whatever that saps our energy, whatever that makes us lose concentration and focus in looking up to you, the altar and the finish of our faith, oh Heavenly Father, in the course of these days, we release ourselves unto you. Oh Holy Spirit of God, take them away. Take away the obstacles. Take away the limitations. Take away the darkness and take away the deception the enemy keeps imposed upon us in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. As men who are weak here today, I declare, I declare, by the word of God I've come to you, receive strength in the name of Jesus Christ. As many who are despondent and hopeless in their situations, in their Christian journey, who think they have tried and they have failed and there's no hope for them. On this day, I change that story and I declare, I declare that the Spirit of God in the world you have received today will vitalize you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. For as many who are losing their confidence in God, every day you see yourself being stripped of the confidence of God and you are beginning to be afraid and you are jittery in your day-to-day life. There's this tension that you have around you on this day. I pray that you receive strength and I declare over your life the Lord is your refuge and stronghold in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I pray that the light of God's word you have received in your hand will burn brightly to deal with every darkness that comes your way. There shall be no witchcraft. Amen. There shall be no attacks. Amen. There shall be no violence. Amen. Every machinery of death is brought to enough. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Even though you pass through the valleys of the shadows of death, you pass through the valleys of insecurity, you pass through the valleys of hardship, the wisdom of God will lead you. The grace of God will lead you. I decree and I declare over your life the atmosphere of God's glory. The Bible says that He has given us the angel of His presence. We live by His presence. We move by his presence. And above all, we are powered by God's presence. By day, he, fly, he goes with us in the pillar of cloud. By night, in the pillar of fire. Even though it's invisible on this day, we pray for the renewal of this grace upon us. That as we navigate the affairs of life, we shall not be alone in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 
with all that is happening in the world, may you be armed by God's presence. May you be armed by the word of what you have received. And as you are aware of this investment of God upon your life, as you journey day by day, you walk circumspectively. You refuse to yield to the demands of the God of this world. You refuse to be a victim of the perversion of this world. You refuse to be a victim of the darkness and deception of this world. Precious Father, thank you. We lift our hands of faith at this hour. We pray for the sick among us. We decree, Father, they shall not cross the bloodline of death in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. They shall be healed. No sickness shall be unto death. No sickness. Mental sickness. Emotional sickness. Bodily sickness. Shall to death in the name of Jesus Christ. Precious Father, King of glory, we draw the bloodline and we declare and declare that no weapon fashioned against us shall ever prosper. Amen. As many, O Heavenly Father, families that are in shambles, families that are passing through difficult moments and they are becoming hopeless, we lift our voice of prayer this hour and we decree and we declare a visitation of your spirit upon them for the nowhere in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you, Father, because you are faithful. We give you all the glory. We give you all the honor. Thank you for administration. Who is like unto you? We magnify your holy name. Thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ.